Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody. This is Howard Fox, and welcome to another episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Gail Carson, known by her clients, colleagues, and her numerous admirers as the spunky old broad. Born to coach entrepreneurs, Gail possesses the silver lining mentality that has allowed her to build a company, travel globally as an international speaker, coach, and consultant, and she has produced over two dozen books, CDs, and DVD programs with thousands of clients in countries throughout the world. Gail is also the chief SOB and founder of the SOB Clubs. This is a networking club for women over 50 years young. Gail also hosts three radio shows, Living Regret-Free, Women in Business, and the SOB Radio Show. I am like tired already of reading everything Gail is doing. Gail, welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. Thanks for having me, Howard. It is an absolute delight to be here. We met what was it, back in February timeframe, back in San Diego, beautiful weather. And I was literally, Gail, to tell you the truth, getting tired listening to everything that you are doing. I mean, you are just the Energizer bunny on steroids. <laughs> they used to call me that when I was doing a lot of work for corporations. People would call me the, call me the corporate energizer because I, I really do have a lot of energy. No matter what I go through, I have a lot of energy and a lot of stamina. Fantastic. I think people like me just need to hang out with you because hopefully a little bit of that energy and stamina kind of moves all over to the people who are in your, your sphere. I would love if we could talk a little bit about your background and, and then ultimately, I know my listeners will want to know, Howard, why don't you just call this woman the spunky old broad? But <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your background and, and kind of lead into how we got to where we are today. Well, I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go, but I've kind of always been a performer. I was first on stage at the age of three okay. when I was in my first dancing recital and I was January. So I was the first one out because they were doing the months of the year. And I did a somersault. My crown fell off. I put it on evidently backwards, my mom told me. And the audience was laughing hysterically. And I put my hands on my hips, told the piano player to stop, waited for everybody to calm down. When they did, I told them to start again and finish my dance. <laughs> and my mom told me, I knew I'd never have to worry about you after that. So that kind of was my growing up time. When I was 13, I got my first job. I had broken 22 pair of glasses, and my father said, if you're going to break another pair, young lady, you're going to buy them. And I picked up my 23rd pair, came down from the optometrist's office, put them on the seat of the car, and promptly sat on them and broke them. Oh my! So the only thing available to a 13-year-old was babysitting, which I'm not very good at. And I asked if I could go through the newspaper and get a job. My father said, well, if anybody will hire you. And I became an Avon lady at 13, became the top salesperson in our whole area. Of course, I was young and little and people were home. It was the 50s. I knocked on doors. They let me in. I sat down on the sofa and I wouldn't get up until they bought. So oh that kind of started until I went to college. I always created my own jobs. I would work in the summer camp as a 
dance, drama, music teacher, wrote the show at the end of the year, worked in a radio station, just did a lot of things. And when I graduated college, which I did at 20, I gave, by five days after I graduated college, I went to Miami because I wanted to be warm. I don't blame you there. <laughs> two weeks to make it. On the 14th day, got the job I wanted, and eight months later, owned the company. Oh, my. And that's kind of how it, it just went. And then I built that up from one small modeling school to a chain of career schools, a talent agency that was SAG and AFTRA, a convention service company where we service conventions with theme parties and tours and industrial shows and so forth in South Florida. I ended up with 350 people with all the different divisions. Did that for 21 years, sold it. Went into speaking full-time, spoke in 50 countries, 49 states. That started the coaching, writing. And then 10 years ago, I started this funky old bra. Oh, my God. So you did all that in just a couple of minutes. So I'm like, I'm exhausted because <laughs> I, I like, okay, I, the beauty of this format is, okay, you've kind of shared out the created the landscape, the context. So now we get to go back and revisit a couple of things. And first of all, where did you grow up? I grew up in Albany, New York. I knew you were going to say New York. I'm thinking, was that the upstate New York? You got all the places. I'm thinking Mrs. Meisel, the, the resorts, the resort communities. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I didn't go to my high school. In fact, I didn't go to my high school, my, my college, or my graduate graduations. I didn't go to any of my graduations. I was so glad to be done. But when my high school graduation was going on, I was actually at Grossinger's in a dance competition which I won. So, Oh my God. <laughs> so you were like the original Mrs. Meisel. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Or Miss Meisel at the time. So you ended up in Florida and I, I, I can't blame you there because the weather I'm in Chicago right now and I'm actually freezing right now and I can't put the heat on because the heat will go on and off and it's going to upset our audio. So I'm like freezing right now. I've got my wool sweater. I do like wool. So there's a, there's a silver lining for me. So you got down to Miami. There are two weeks. You got the job on the last day. Tell us more about what was the job? Well, it was working in a modeling school. And I went through to all the modeling schools. Okay. When the owner of this one called me, she said, Gail, you are going to make money for somebody. And it might as well be me. And I was, I was 20 years old. I mean, I was young, fresh out of college. And it was making, by the way, $13 a week. So while I was trying to figure out how I was going to live on $13 a week, well, what I did was I actually stayed every night to learn what she was doing. And within 30 days, I had figured out how to make $100 a week. So it went from 13 to $100 a week in 30 days. And then eight months later, I bought the company. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's amazing. One thing I noticed too, as you were creating this context for us, You've had this entrepreneurial spirit probably since the day you were born. Absolutely. It's funny because I just, I always said to my mom, I'm never going to get married, which I did get married, but I said, I'm never going to get married and I'm always going to have a career and I won't work for anybody else because I can't do something that's stupid if somebody tells me to do it. So if I'm going to do something stupid, it's going to be my own stupidity. And that's kind of how I've always been. That's how you roll. And it's, it's served you well. It served you well. Now, when you eventually sold the business and you've created this new persona, the spunky old broad, tell us about that. Where did that originate from? Well, actually, that came after my speaking career. When I was on the road speaking. Well, let's talk about that first then. Okay. I, I, I went on the road. Well, I had always spoken. 
to promote my businesses. That's how I built my company. I had done 10,000 free speeches before I ever got paid for speaking. I took the subjects. I mean, I was a business owner. I never had a business course, but I was a business owner. I had built this business. So I spoke on leadership and team building and customer service and negotiation. And that's what I did. I went into corporations. I went to associations and did programs for them and did 135 programs a year for 20 years. That's a lot. That's a lot. And that's when I was in 50 countries and 49 states. And when my husband got sick, I said, why am I running around like this when we love each other and I should be home? Not home, home, but more with him. And also, truthfully, companies loved me, they paid me, and they didn't do anything with any of the stuff I gave them. They were same old, same old. So I just said, I want to have some meaning where I'm leaving some kind of legacy. That's when I created the Spunky Old Broad. Okay. I do have to say, people are still paying for programs and they're still not doing what they learned. So that that has not changed, I, I don't think. So in creating the, the Spunky Old Broad, how did how did that begin? Because you don't just wake up. You know, you're a spunky old broad. Or, I mean, did, did did were people describe you as spunky? Well, well, I've always kind of been out there, and so I was sitting in the back of a meeting, the Florida Speakers Association, and we were there were a bunch of us in the back of the room, and we were just being a little loud, and so I was shushing everybody, and then I said, but you know, we're just a bunch of SOBs, spunky old broads, and that's where it started. And of course, I trademarked it, built on it, and now that's that's me. But it it is who I am. I am a spunky old broad. I'm spunky. I'm old, and I'm a broad. There you go. I mean, it's and it's serving you well. So with the the spunky old broad and the trademark and the image and the persona, what are you doing with this? And how who who is your audience? I mean, is it the women who are over fifty, or is it anybody? Well, for, I have two really, two distinct markets that kind of merge. I have the over 50 woman, and I'm all about their reinventing ageism. What does it really mean? And then I have the media market because I do the 12 radio shows every month. And I also teach a course. I have an online program, Get On TV, how to get on television. And I train people for the media. But one of the suggestions that one of my mentors gave me the other day was to create a program on how to get on television for the woman over 55 Uh because she coaches a lot of people who are in that category who believe they are too old to go on TV or make an impact, and that's just ridiculous. So I'm creating a program for them. What would a program like that include? I mean, what are what are maybe some of it is still up in the head, some of it is down on paper, but what would be your vision for that? What's what are the components you think are gonna go into that? Well, they have to know how to do a segment proposal, which is what's gonna get them noticed by the producer. They've got to know how to act on camera. They need to know what clothes to wear, what image to project, what props to use, how to deal with the camera, how to deal with the host proper posture, positioning, gestures, a whole bunch of things. So everything goes into it. And frankly, the older they are, the more credible they are. You see these young, beautiful 25-year-olds on TV, you think, what have they really gone through? Then again, some of them are doing extremely well, so you can't argue with that. But age does bring wisdom. Yes, it does. And looking back at the people whose lives you've impacted through this work, I mean, 
What what are some stories that maybe you can share a couple of success stories, so to speak, the hero's journey? I mean, they, they, they wanted something, they're struggling, they didn't know how to get it. They met the spunky old broad and their lives changed. What are, what are some stories you can share? Well, not even getting into specifics, but one of the most interesting parts of that is that people very often think they want a certain thing. And then when you unwrap it, it turns out to be something entirely different that gives them satisfaction and happiness and success. So I think one of the greatest things that I've been able to do is unravel what a person's true destiny is. And that's the key for me is that you may go in thinking one thing and you turn out doing something different because I I have one person that I worked with who wanted to be a speaker for a particular cause, let's just say a particular cause. And she would have done very well there, but there was no money there for her. And it would have been different if she was looking to do it as an avocation and wanted to have an impact in that particular thing because her mother or father or someone had had this particular affliction, but she wanted to make money at it. And I quite frankly told her that's not where where you're going to make it because they don't pay for things like that. So sometimes it's clarifying the direction that they're going so that they can experience the success that they want. When you're first meeting your client and they've got their vision of what they want and then there's the conversation. How do, how do you help them unpack, here's, here's my desire, but here, in fact, is where reality sits. Now let's build for, and create this new reality. Howard, it is not easy because, unfortunately, I'm very authentic and very honest. So if somebody says to me, this is what I want to do, and I anticipate a six-figure income from this, I'm going to tell them it's not going to happen. I mean, it could and and maybe way far away something, but in reality, probably not. I have to admit that sometimes they don't go any further with me than two or three sessions because I'm not telling them what they want to hear. But I cannot live with myself, as some coaches do, that pump you up and tell you all kinds of things, and it's just never going to happen. So we really work it out to something that they love and that they can live with. Are these clients, are they almost all in the upper age range, your, your demographic or, cause I can actually see young, the millennials, the, 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 the group after them, this is what I want. I want to be the CEO of a company and make six figures at the end of my first year of employment. Well, I was just going to say, the problem is, is that with millennials, they do, they want it immediately and it's not, it's not going to happen. They don't want to, take the stairs to success. They want to take the fast elevator. And I can understand that, but that's just not reality. The second thing is, yeah, there are some young adults and some millennials in there, but primarily I market to the over 50 crowd. Excellent. And obviously you've been very successful and you're, you're continuing to do the work because you're, you're staying pretty darn busy. How are you incorporating some of the other work? I mean, you're still doing speaking, you are a podcaster extraordinaire. So I, from the bottom of my heart, I'm grateful that you are here on my podcast because you have hundreds, maybe it's thousands, hundreds, thousands of podcasts. You've got Living Regret Free, Women in Business, and the SOB Radio Show, 12 episodes a week, right? No, 12 a month. 12 a month. Okay. 
That's that's a lot. That's a lot. Tell us about the shows. I mean, let's kind of dissect each one of these. Well, the Women in Business show is where I interview women who either own their own business or are senior managers. And we talk about the obstacles. We talk about the roadblocks. We talk about their successes. What did they do? What impact have they had? Where do they want to be in three to five years? That kind of thing. The Living Regret Free, I interview both men and women who can show you how to live a happy, joyful life. Because I don't believe in just making money. I don't believe in, in just being here on earth. I do believe that your life should be joyous. So we, and, they, and I have interviewed everybody from divorce attorneys because they can show you what you need to do to live a happy life or be miserable to people who have defeated alcoholism, domestic abuse, and then people who just are living out their passion and dream. Then with the SOB radio, that's definitely women 50 plus. And basically there, I talk to women who are doing extraordinary things, not necessarily for profit, but are, are living this wonderful life. Because somehow women, when they get to 50, it seems to be a magic number where they become invisible. And they just don't believe that anybody listens to them anymore, which could be true. And look at them. And I always give the example of when I used to be on the road speaking and I would get off an elevator, men would follow me. You know, where where is she staying? What room is she in? Now I get on an elevator and the guy says, hi, goodbye. That's the end of it. So, I mean, you do become invisible. You do become not such a major player, but you can be. It doesn't mean you have to. So these women are, are doing exceptional things, whether it's in their community or whether it's in their business or whether it's a new avocation. These are interesting people that I interview who are over 50. I'm curious with the, the, the these individuals, the women that are over 50, do you find is it is it they've just reached a point in their life like, okay, I need to do something different or the kids are finally out of college there were empty nesters maybe there's a divorce maybe there's a, a a loss of the partner and then they find themselves alone and now what do i do well you know they i'm going to check all of the above because it could be a, just a, a number of things it could be that they've been forcibly retired because of age it could be that they've been downsized or right sized because the company is restructuring or has been bought out or whatever. It could be that they just said enough is enough and it's time to do something else. So it's a whole variety of things. Some of them are because they're bored. Some of them are because all of a sudden they have this passion for something. But it's a little combination of everything. But they're really searching and looking. Okay. Okay. So I'm curious about you now, Gail, is you're busy. I mean, 12 a month. I mean, and I know sitting down to record a podcast, there, there's homework involved. I mean, I did homework before interviewing you, like I do every one of my guests. If there's a book, it's even, probably even more because I want to get as much information as I can. You have to, we have to produce the podcast. We have to recruit people to come on to the podcast. So you, you got a lot of time invested in these podcasts. You've got your speaking work. You're, you've got your home in California, Miami, you got your cat back in Miami. Is work kind of your therapy? Is that what keeps you in the zone? Or what do you do when you're like kind of, you know, I need to unwind today. What do you do? Well, work has always been my passion since you know I created everything from the age of 13 on. So work has always been my focus because it's never been work. 
it's always been play and that's what I want to do. Not that I didn't work very hard or put in the hours. It's just what I love doing. And when I stopped loving it, then I did something else. I do it because I love doing it. My downtime, I work out just about every day. I'm a big workout person. I won the Silver Sneakers Fitness Award, one of the finalists. I do that for therapy. I'm very active. I'm on the ambassador's board at Nova Southeastern University. I mentor a networking group for -for not-for-profits. So I have a once a month meeting with them for three and a half hours. I do love spending time with my cats. I'm a big animal nut. When I'm sitting on the couch watching TV and they're in my lap, I just love it. <laughs> so, and then of course I have friends that I get together with, with for lunch or dinner or whatever. That pretty much keeps me busy. <laughs> I can imagine you have probably friends all over the world. I do. I do. As a matter of fact, today I'm in Palm Desert right now and I had lunch today with a friend and I'll have lunch on Sunday with another friend and I have friends in uh, San Diego where I have a home and of course friends in Miami where I've been forever. Fantastic. Now, do you do any traveling outside of the States? Do you like travel? Well, I did. I mean, I, I don't anymore because I just don't like to travel that far and I'm very happy in the three places that I live. There you go. But my son sent me to Greece this summer for my birthday. And so I did go over there. And interestingly enough, if you never know how things work out, but I do a lot of writing. And so I had written something and this person sent me a link and said, your link is live. And I went to the link and it was Athens Media. And I thought Athens, Georgia or Athens, Greece turned out to be Athens, Greece. So she and I met for dinner and then she did a beautiful article on me that was published in LinkedIn. And that was very sweet. And then I also have a friend who is a management consultant. I belong to, I'm the only woman in the world who has an, a doctorate, a CSP certified speaking professional, CMC certified management consultant, and is a fellow to the Institute of Management Consultants. And he is a CMC. So he and I had brunch in Athens, but that's where he lives. So yeah, I have friends all over. <laughs> that's fantastic. And I can appreciate the brunch in Athens. I can't think of a better place to have brunch when the Parthenon or the Acropolis, excuse me, is like right up there. It's, it's, there's a, that's right. I have a, that's right. I have a good, good friends that are from Greece and it's just like when they share their pictures, it's like, oh, I want to come back. <laughs> Right. So what did you, you mentioned about the writing? Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I do write a newsletter every single week that goes out on Monday. And then I've written five books and uh, several ebooks and, and, as you mentioned, CDs and so forth. And I, I kind of post articles all the time and write for people who publish. I need information on such and such. And if I'm qualified, I write on that. So, yeah, I do a lot of writing. Fantastic. I mean, you are just, I mean, what, what do you say? I mean, you're just, you're busy, you're, you're an inspiration. I mean, just, I mean, to be in, in, in all honesty, I mean, because I know you, we've met, we've broken bread together. And I think just what you're doing and, and the impact you're having on, on, on folks is just, in, especially the women over 50 who need it. And because they're all of a sudden life creates a circumstance that they need help and you're there for them and love the fact that we're going to be able to, to share your work with our listeners as well. So we truly appreciate the time you've spent with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Gail, before we sign off, I want to make sure if our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, where's the best place for them to go? Best place for them to go is my website, which is funkyoldbroad.com. Very easy to remember. 
I am on Facebook, Spunky Broad One. I'm on Twitter, Gail Carson. I'm on LinkedIn, Gail Carson. So they can find me. And of course, that's G-A-Y-L-E. Fantastic. And we'll provide all the backlinks to these sites on our show notes. And Gail, it has been a pleasure to meet up with you again on, a, on a, for me, a cold Friday in Chicago. I mentioned the weather's really nice in Palm where you're at right now. Truly appreciate you taking the time and glad you were able to join us. Thank you so much again. Thank you for having me, Howard. It was a real pleasure. Folks, we've just been chatting with Dr. Gail Carson. She is the spunky old broad. She's a coach, mentor, and as folks would say, with that silver lining mentality, she is helping people, companies, individuals everywhere to make a difference in their lives. And especially through her radio shows, Living Regret Free, Women in Business, and the SOB radio show. She's just a whirlwind. And like I said earlier, the Energizer Bunny. And we're so happy and uh, grateful that she was able to spend some time with us today. So definitely check out the podcast. Check out her websites, spunkyobroad.com. And we'll provide the links to that, as well as Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and anywhere else. So as I say every week, every episode, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there and have a phenomenal day. Thank you. And we'll see you again on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Bye now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.